gay. <laughs> this month we are sashaying away with deals. We love gay. gay. It's it awesome. awesome. <laughs> I am a gay. Me too. My mom's friend is gay. I, I think I, is gay. I think. I think. I think is and gay. it's cool. No one's going to have any idea what we're talking they about. Might. They, they might. Better. My favorite is still the, the butter. If <laughs> anyone understands the reference butter. that we are referencing right now, you get 10 points to your house. We also make Woo! candles. Wouldn't you like a candle for gay stuff? <laughs> Welcome to Basic Snitches. This is the final episode of season four. Woo! We did it. The season finale. We read four books. I'm Adam. I read like four chapters of the four books. Is that your name? Yeah. That's Brian. Hi, I'm Brian. And that is Tara. <laughs> Said dejectedly, like we don't want her around. I think it was waiting for you to say your own name. I had to introduce you. I was waiting for someone to introduce me, but no. You know I'm what? not important This enough. is Tara, the love of my life. I. You know what? I was thinking like earlier this season, I was thinking about an opening where we were rides at Disney World. You're It's a Small World, and I'm the Tower of Terror. Wait one second. There's a cat doing things. It's probably Bentley. It's Bentley. Hey, you want to bring the you want to bring the wine over while bring you're up? Bring the wine. Yeah. Why are you the Tower of Terror? My name is Tara, and my nickname when I was growing up was Holy Terror. Oh, but you're not the Tower of Terror. I mean, that would not be 13 floors of hell. That would be falling out of a second story window. He's calling me short. Sure am. It's very rude. Um, that is not what I was saying. Ah! I don't have no, COVID. It's fine. So I don't have Brian syphilis. just got a sip of Chardonnay. That is, I was, I did part Chardonnay. of mine, and I was like, please let this be enough for both of us. Nope. Well, well, we, it's no dazzling peach apple, but guys, this we're so like excited bleach. to wrap up book four with Brian. I like being a part of things, so thank you. Absolutely. Thanks I for um, like indulging me in my FOMO. I'm like, I can't hang out, Brian. I have to record an episode with him. I'll be like, oh, okay. There's... That was a really good me impression. Right? I guess I'll just sit here he's in like, the dark He's like, okay. Room and then Because I didn't buy any inside, candles for Pride. Deep inside, he's like, you could ask me. I wonder what they'll talk about tonight. Probably dick jokes and wine. I love dick jokes and wine. Well, at least we have a solid brand. <laughs> So we're going to be discussing book four. I don't know if you've uh, heard the last 37 episodes, but we discussed book four a lot. And we're going to keep doing it! <laughs> Literally, that's what the podcast is, Tara. I so know. I don't know if you've heard. Is this your first episode? Cool. You Ooh. caught us at the end of a book. Why don't you go back to the beginning? <laughs> at least go back to Daddy's Stag, because that was my first episode. Sure. Get those Captivate numbers up. Right? Hey, you know, we're already at 1,000 at Captivate, and we've been at Captivate for two months. That's not bad at all. In fact, there may be some other things coming up right? that will further expand the basis niches brand. Because we may be going into season five, actually having our shit together? Question mark? Uh, don't go too far. There are literally thousands of Harry Potter podcasts. These people could be listening to, but they know that this is the best. So thank you for listening to us. And Ding dong. The best. So let's get into our discussion questions. First one is any stray owl post slash fuck Mary kills that were sent in. We don't really have any. We've read a few of the ones Ashley, who you literally heard from just a few weeks ago, yes. um, has sent in over the season. So we've shared some of her best. However, Brian has we, not participated. Yeah, so you might remember last week we did our final fuck Mary kill, but she was part of it. Yes. And we've decided we would like to share our final fuck Mary kill options with Brian. 
That's right. I'm ready. Right, do you have any guesses what this is? I literally have no idea. No. No? You don't want to take a stab in the dark? I don't know, like, what all you guys have done throughout the season. Okay, so this would have been from the last chapter, right? Yeah. Is it related to the last chapter? Perhaps. Is it people? Perhaps. I, I want to guess that Rita Skeeter as a beetle is one of them. Oh, no, but that would have been good. Would have been a good one. Fuck, Mary kill. Fuck, Mary kill. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> no, I told you we were gonna be bad. Oh, I hate it. Okay, did someone say fuck, fuck, marry, marry, kill, kill? Yes, Ashley. Did. That was Ashley. Okay. And that is it's the, too the obvious. wrong answer. It's too <laughs> Sorry, no. Ashley, but. She's no, like, absolutely. that's the right answer for me, bitch. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to say kill Mary because commitment. Gross. Oh man, he's gonna go in your direction. So, I'm gonna kill Mary, I'm gonna fuck, fuck, and I'm gonna. Marry, kill? Marry, kill. So that's another answer. We didn't, no one had that answer. Before. Oh, you're unique. All right, segment over. What's next? <laughs> that was me doing the segue music. That was lovely. Thank you. You're welcome. Can we uh, just use that from now on? All right, well, I guess that, you asked for it. That's what we're using for the rest of this episode. <laughs> all right, Tara, you're up. Winner and loser of the final chapter oh. and or this book, whatever you have. Okay, so the final chapter. Any guesses on the winner and loser from you guys? Harry and Voldemort. Or Barty Crouch Jr. Okay, maybe. final chapter. The winner oh, is Oh, final Harry. chapter. Final oh, chapter. fuck. What happened? The winner is Harry. That's my guess. The winner is Harry. Yeah, sure. I like it. <laughs> Any guesses on the loser? It was just kind of like a wrap-up. I know. The last few chapters are blurry. Yeah. Mind. My guess is Igor Karkaroff because okay. he's not there. So I definitely mentioned him in my notes here, but yes. he's not the loser. Okay, so the winner is Harry because he's been through a terrible ordeal, but he continues to be gracious, even though like literally he's not doing well, but he's very nice. I'm like, who's like that? Harry. The loser is Ludo Backman. Ah, uh, oh, nice. Because oh, of, nice. like, you yes. you learn the truth about, like, how sleazy he is and how he, like, took advantage of teenagers. Mm -hmm. Fuck that guy, honestly. I'm but, sure we have. <laughs> I also have a sidebar also winner, which is all the students from Durmstrang. Because they fucking handled themselves. They didn't need a goddamn terrible headmaster. Aww. So they get all I the love that. You know what that means? Palayakov wins the final chapter. He's the best. Oh, Palayakov. Yeah. He's great. Oh. You want to know about the book, too, right? Hey, sure. So, okay, do we have guesses got? for what the overall winner or loser of the book are? Harry Wilton. Or Buddy Carter Jr. What about you? I want to say Harry, loser, Rita Skeeter. What if the winner, though, is somebody like Hagrid? Because I feel like that's something we sure might do. Or Cedric. <gasps> Cedric should be the winner. Cedric might be if the winner. Cedric's oh not my the God. winner, Cedric I'm mad at you. Winner. Oh my fucking God, this is my segment. <laughs> you I... asked. Okay, yes, the overall winner of the book is Harry. And I don't need to explain that because we've all read the book. His name is in the title. There is a case, but it can never be Voldemort. He I support that. He made this shit happen. He got himself back a body. He feeling sexy. He had a rough go at the end of the book. Is he bringing sexy back? He My is not. Is no. He, he is not, but he's feeling it, okay? He's a baby penis. He's really feeling himself. I gotta respect that. Could be a win for him in his eyes. It's not a win because he sucks. The loser of the book. There's literally a bazillion options. Here are... Three people who didn't make the final cut. Oh my god, I love this because it's like a precursor right? to points. Right, it's and like first runner-up. Get ready. So, Third runner-up. Yes. Karkaroff didn't lose the book. Could have. Barty Crouch Jr. didn't lose the book. Okay. Could have. Fudge nearly lost the book. Okay, wow. I love this. Mm, okay. Barty Crouch 
Senior. Barty Crouch Senior. Yes, Quinn. <laughs> so here's the thing. My favorite loser ever from you. Barty Crouch Senior. Okay, so I literally thought a lot about how I wanted to say all this stuff because this book became so crazy for me to reread. Barty Crouch Senior and his like ultimate quest for power and like his control that was literally destined to fucking spiral into bullshit. Mm-hmm. Honestly, all of the shit that came down in this book would not have happened had this guy, like, kept his shit together. He had managed to keep his child, who was a very, very powerful, smart wizard, under the Imperius curse. He's smart. He's been in this position for years. Because if he's so worried about his reputation, he let it all get away from him, and he couldn't go back. Barty Crouch Jr. literally got himself out of Azkaban, obviously with the help of his parents. Barty Crouch Jr. managed to kidnap one of the best wizards of their time. He beat his father and got away from his father. Yeah, Barty Crouch Sr. are gonna lose, dude. Mm-hmm. I love it. You know, we gotta pour that wine. Yeah, <laughs> She's like, pause for the pour. <laughs> pause for the pour. Pause for the pour. Pause for the pour. I know, wait, what do they usually like, say? Vitlins for the paw. I don't know. Vitlins is the right word. <laughs> what do they say in the Dickensian area? Oh. In the Dickensian area. That's what I call my dick. Dickens? Oh my god. Barty Cross Jr. could have lost because you legit had it all going for you. You were real fucking good and then you fucked it up. I love it. And mm-hmm. then, obviously, we know Fudge sucks. And we all... <laughs> Sorry. He's the worst. And <laughs> same with Karkaroff. So, yeah. Karkaroff is also just a waste. Yep. Yes. Like, he's arguably one of the biggest wastes in the entire series. He is such a waste. He's a poop. That's my winner loser. Very good. Was Cedric running around? Oh, Cedric was definitely on the list. Okay, good. I mean, ultimately, like, Harry probably ain't going to win book five, so. Ooh. I mean, we're going to take it through book five. I'm going to give him the fair shot. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, that's fair. Next up, we're going to talk about some of the themes from this book. First of three is the theme of finding your own way and resourcefulness. What I mean by this is how Harry handles the second task and comes through and ends up tying for first despite a lot of procrastination or how Harry gets out of the pickle at the end, so on and so forth. I really like how you brought up the second task, which in the overall arc of it feels like the task that he was the least resourceful with. But I'm glad that you said that. And that's just my opinion. Because at the end of the day, he didn't fucking figure it out and mm-hmm. he had to rely on others. But in not necessarily a resourcefulness kind of way, it just shows who Harry is when he's down in the lake just being himself. That's like, precisely what I mean. Yeah, that does kind of show him finding his own way. He makes that choice and he doesn't think, I'm going to look like a fucking idiot. Poor kid does later, which is not very cool, but whatever. You've seen it from the beginning, but this is just a really great place that shows that Harry cares about other people and caring for them and saving them and stuff. I really like that part of the second task, so I like that you said that. I chose the second task here for that exact same reason, because he literally does have to kind of jump in with both feet pun and maybe intended because he has no idea what this gillywood is actually going to do you That's know true. dobby gave him this is dobby trustworthy at this point 
Maybe, maybe not. When you consider his entire arc, it's not even really trustworthiness with Dobby. It's do you trust that that's gonna work? Yeah. Obviously, Dobby would never intentionally hurt Harry, and Harry doesn't know. Right. Him. Is is what he's gonna give him worth exploring? Because Dobby isn't the most solid bitch. I mean, once he's in the water, having to like get it done without really doing any preparation, other than how am I gonna get in the water? Things like that. And the reason why I put this on the list as a theme is because it is this kind of overarching theme that you see in YA in general. A character finding their own way, so on and so forth. I wanted to talk about Harry and Hermione, less contrasting characters in this regard, how mature Hermione is. I think an overall agreed upon consensus of the books is that Harry would not have survived these books without Hermione. That being said, Harry is the one who does the doing. Harry is the one who summons his broom, who dodges the dragon, who is down in the lake saving his friends. Harry is kind of a definition of resourcefulness overall. Yeah, and absolutely. I just love the contrast of like Hermione kind of always being there, this encouragement of him being himself, honestly. Mm-hmm. And this, I think, is the first book where we really see that. In the third book, I think Hermione takes charge because she needs to. It's really her book, you know, how she kicks ass at the end. But in this one, you just see this, like, teamwork, this developing trust in a not obvious way until you sit back and you examine it. Harry is capable of this because Hermione is capable of this. Mm-hmm. She's a driving force, and I think that's a big part of them coming into themselves anyway, you know? Yeah. Especially on top of the fact that there's all this, like, coming-of-age shit and, like, drama and romance. So and that's stuff. my next theme on the list is coming-of-age. We see that a lot with, I think, primarily Hermione. So if the first theme focuses on Harry and his resourcefulness and having to kind of get himself out of a pickle by himself in some of these cases then I think Hermione really represents the coming of age. To me, it's really about the maturity and how specifically Ron and Hermione handle themselves through it. Hermione is wise beyond her years. She's so smart. She's so determined. She's so on top of things. And this is like kind of a moment where we get to see her be like a teenager going through this whole thing with like with boys. Her foe in this instance is Ron, who is literally like at this point, sadly, incapable of being mature about it and not understanding how hurtful he is, how stupid he is about things. Am I forgiving him for it? No. That section of the book, in the middle of Harry doing crazy shit that might kill him, you have these two characters who are super, super important to everything, of course, not being able to navigate through this process because they're on different levels of their lives. Exactly. So this is why I think coming of age comes really into play in this book in particular. Because Harry's on his own. Like, he doesn't really come into age necessarily well, because it's his own fucking yeah. journey. I mean, and, and like, yeah, Harry's like, Cho is caught. That's pretty pretty much the extent of it. Cho is so insignificant in the books. I mean, I feel like she almost gets... It's because it's pared down in the movie. But Cho feels more in the forefront in the movies to me anyways. But for Ron and Hermione, this is taking out the entire world entirely that they're in and the entire conflict it's examining each of them in their own teenagerness 
and Hermione being able to finally get this moment that she hasn't ever had. Like you said, she gets to be a teenager for a while and almost like come down from this like logical, intelligent thing that she's always at and finally just be a little bit normal. And Ron's reaction to this, and we've talked a lot about Ron and the reasons behind it, and I agree with you, I do not excuse this at all, but it's also a very realistic reaction, I think, of a teenager mm-hmm. who isn't getting what he wants. Both of them are coming into their own in very different ways. Of course, we love to look at Hermione's and we like to root for Hermione and Ron's her friend, so we don't want to see him approaching her in this way. Yeah. Comparatively, Harry's already come of age. He's gone beyond age. So here's what I'm thinking, honestly, and I know I've mentioned this in the past. I'm fairly certain that probably at like five or six, Harry was like, well, I've figured out what I have to do to not die in this situation, in this abusive household. Like, I have to follow the rules or I won't get dinner. He has always been so aware of his own mortality there. Thus resourcefulness. Exactly. Like, it all ties in together. The whole idea of coming of age is understanding the difference between being a child and an adult. And the Triwizard Tournament is just an interesting thing to have here. Oh, that's because nice. Because if you think about Cedric, Crumb, and Fleur, they're all essentially adults. Mm-hmm. They had to be to enter the tournament. And after the school year, they're going to be headed into the real world. Now, we know that Crumb has been an international Quidditch player, so he's kind of been dealing with this shit anyway. Well, Cedric he, isn't heading into Hold the on. Yes, we don't talk about sad Ooh. shit as what we do, though. We I've do. been making Cedric death jokes all season long. But, like, you know, Crumb's been doing this for a while. He's a professional Quidditch player. We learn very soon Flora's going to be working at Gringotts. Then she's going to be hooking up with Bill Weasley. It's going to be good times. Obviously, like, there's an extra bit of sadness there with the tragedy of Cedric dying because he didn't get to have that. That ties into another part of Harry growing up. Harry watching a fellow student be killed. Yeah, that's a great way to read into coming of age. There's like a lot. Coming of age is a trend too, for sure. Being able to look at one of these books that are now 20, 25 years old Mm -hmm. and seeing some of these current themes in there is really interesting. Similarly, we talked a little bit about it already, but my final theme is family and belonging, but also a mother's love. And a mother's love we've talked about a lot already. I mean, Lily, obviously, she's right up there. Molly is another one. In thinking of like three themes, Ron perhaps is someone who fits well in here, but not just Ron, because Molly is also mother to Harry. We talked about Mm -hmm. that a lot in the last couple episodes. And then, of course, the other one that comes up is Mrs. Crouch and how sometimes a mother's love, while pure in essence, is maybe not sometimes the best thing. In modern muggle times, of course, a mother's love is lovely and it's very good, but... In this instance, it really puts it in a difficult and different light. It's hard because you have these other mothers in the series that you're just like, oh, you're lovely. I mean, and even mothers that we get to meet once, like Tonks' mother, the moment with Narcissa Malfoy, like there's a lot of really, really interesting stuff happening with mothers, but you forget about Mrs. Crouch and you're like, what that must have been like for Barty Sr., what that must have been like for her. It was clear he loved her. Did he ever love his son? I'm pretty sure he didn't, but I think he... With good reason. Well, his son was kind of a shit. Just kind of, though, because he was David Tennant. I'm just kidding. In the movie. In the movie. No, I'm just kidding. You know what I'm saying? In the book, he's blonde. Oh, here's a fun theme. We're not really going to talk about this. This is the joke theme. Everybody in the book that's blonde is evil. 
basically. Is Luna not blonde in the book? Oh, fuck. Well, there it goes. She's otherworldly. She's ethereal. And she's majestic. She's like in the Vila category. She's the she's greatest. Weird. Fucking love her. I want to talk about the whole Weasley family. Obviously, Harry has been welcomed into the Weasley family. Hermione has been welcomed into the Weasley family. They all went to the World Cup together. It's lovely. One thing that I think is also overlooked is from day one, do you know who else has kind of been like there for Harry? It's Fred and George. They're like, oh, we're totally about this kid. And Older brothers. He joined, yeah. yeah, they're like, we have another, you we have a younger that, brother right? that we don't want to punch in the face because it's not Ron. That final moment with them in the book, which is literally on like the last page of the book, it, with, with Harry giving them his Triwizard earnings, I was like... This is a lot more beautiful than I ever realized it was. How Harry is like, I trust you with this. I know the importance of joy and laughter and having that lightheartedness in in my life because fuck, I haven't had enough of that, obviously. Mm. There's a really neat connection between Harry and Fred and George that we've seen in every book in little pieces, but it's never been big. Like in the first book, we're welcoming him on the Quidditch team. And in the second book, we're... They, like, make light of everyone saying Harry's the heir of Slytherin. The third book where they give Harry the map. That's great. There's a lovely connection with them, and I'm like, that's because that's what family is. That makes it even more important once we get to the seventh book, and y'all know why. But, like, it's... How dare. It's worth bringing it up now because you want that moment to be even more impactful when it does happen. How dare. People die, Brian. No one dies. The one last I have this many is... of them in my backyard right now. Your backyard ain't that big. She's like, some of them are also in my backyard. <laughs> my backyard is bigger. I'm just kidding. Are we talking about our booties? Yes. Or our <laughs> I buried so many people in Tara's booty. <laughs> I, to me, this feels like family because, you know, we're here. We are family and we're not related. Blood related. Like, chosen family. We're chosen that. family. We mentioned this when we were talking about Crumb earlier in the season, but like, what about Crumb's family? Like, what about his background? Yeah. And like, I just love that he met Hermione because she's such a caring and nurturing person. The way she's always handled Harry and how she's interacted with Harry, it just shows how nurturing she yeah. is. My headcanon is that Hermione and Crumb are still friends, and Ron is still pissy about it, but I don't give a shit. My headcanon is that Crumb didn't really have anyone and Hermione was the first person who saw him oh. as not just a Quidditch player but a person. I can one hundred. And I love it. I just I that. just love the idea of this famous person getting some kind of closer friendship with someone that they wouldn't have otherwise because they're in such a situation of being in the center of attention, I guess. Yeah. Alright, well blowing off fireworks so keep that in mind they're celebrating it's the end of season four it's the season four finale oh my god thank you for the fireworks they're celebrating us for us i'm glad that you brought up crumb because in other ways i was considering other ways for harry to find belonging you know belonging is an important aspect of everybody's lives it's something that i struggle with a lot but to feel like you're part of something that you're in a community things of that nature that Crumb trajectory, I really enjoyed this entire book. Crumb is someone that I wish we would see more of. Because we see more of Fleur. Don't hate me for this, Brian. Out of the four champions, Crumb is the only one that we don't really get any closure with, if you think about it. I also think of other people who Harry is becoming more close with. Like the way that he cl- closed out the book with Hagrid, with Dumbledore, 
with Sirius, you know, yeah. family and found family and belonging and stuff like that. Like, all of those are also people that I think are really important to consider. And it's going to be a big thing in the next book, too, with Order of the Phoenix. We start to see some more of that found family and how that is also important. Looking for moments of that belonging is something important to me because that's an important theme to me no matter what. The lots of really good things in there. Things that I think we'll continue to see into book five. Moving on. What is your favorite chapter of the book? Do you want to go first? Sure. My favorite chapter of the book is The Madness of Mr. Crouch. It is haunting. It is very creepy. It is it such is a creepy, creepy chapter. That is I love a it. very interesting choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it, though. I think it's a great choice. Before last year, it had been almost a decade since I'd read this book. So rereading it as an adult, I read this chapter and I was like, I barely remember this. And this is terrifying. I, don't, I just love the mystery of it. I wasn't ready for it because I had forgotten that that chapter existed and it was just so brilliant. I loved it. Can we also talk about how Bentley was just licking Tara's arm because he <laughs> thinks that she's delicious. <laughs> I am delicious. He's like, mmm, this bitch tastes like Aladdin's. My arm tastes like Aladdin's. We ate Aladdin's. Aladdin's is <laughs> like Lebanese so cuisine. Handsome. Bitch, I taste like Aladdin's too. Love me. My favorite chapter of the book. So I have a tie. Sorry. I also have a tie. You know me. I love when there's exposition. I love learning things. I love seeing how things come together. So it is a tie between Veritaserum and the Death Eaters. Oh, one of mine is Veritaserum too. (laughs) So you get Voldy's little villain expose happening in the Death Eaters. And of course you get Barty Crouch Jr. and Winky giving us all the backstory that we need. And it just comes together, and I just really love those. Because I remember reading this book and being like, the fuck is going on? And then being so, oh, I'm learning the things. I remember being very happy about it. Verita Serum was definitely a top contender for me. You mentioned Murder Mystery, Brian. That's exactly why I like it. It's that final moment where you learn everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly what Tara said. It's like too. when Monk goes, here's how it happened. Yeah. Or Poirot. Or Poirot. Or House... There we go. We all said our person. <laughs> House and Monk are both my persons, so mm. I get it. Poirot just for me. How it's it the answer of all your questions. Yeah. yeah. What was your other favorite? Death Eaters. Death Eaters. The Death Eaters. Except for the same reason. When Voldy got to Solo, he was very pleased. Yes. So Veritaserum was one of mine too, for the same reasons. The other one, for very similar reasons, is the egg and the eye. But also because of mm. egg. 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 There's that tension of he's underneath a invisibility it's cloak. It's good. And it, it's and a like, good one. And just the entire thing really felt like that mystery novel. Also gave kind of throwback to some of the other books where we have similar moments. Where like Harry's that. like fucking out of bed in the middle of the night because he always is. That is kind of the place where if you had any kind of suspicions about Moody, you throw them out the window. You're like, Moody is totally exactly. on Harry's side. Exactly. Holy shit. Because Barty Crouch Jr. was the smartest villain mm-hmm. in this goddamn book. That's one thing I think the movie's butchered oh, the, the crouch backstory. Like, I'm sorry, were we planning to do a six hour episode on how much the movie is fucked up? Because I'm here for it. No, I can stitch that together from all of the other episodes that we've done. What is your favorite new character introduced in this book? So my original answer to this was Cedric, but then I realized Cedric is technically introduced yeah. in book three. Exactly. Which is very upsetting because I wanted him to be my answer. So 
So, I want to say Ludo Bagman just because I love the mystery of Bagman. Because you kind of think that he's involved in everything throughout the whole thing. And then at the end you find out, nope, he's just an idiot. He's a red herring. I love yeah. him. Yeah. He, he's a red herring. Um, I, I don't know. I might have to go with Barty Crouch Jr. just because of the backstory. Because he's the smartest villain. Yes. Ding dong. What about you? I have three this time. What? I, well, so they're mm-hmm. sort of a three. My number one out of these three is probably Victor Grum. Justice for Crumb. We've talked so much about it. He's just a good guy. My second, for the same reason that you said in the second book, Lucius Malfoy, is Rita Skeeter. I've said it all this season. There's this fabulous nature to her that is appealing. And then when you really peel back that banana-ass dress that she wears all the time, and you see that nasty rotten fruit underneath, wow, this is a real cape. I was hoping to be able to give her more of the benefit of the doubt. I think if movie Rita was the Rita in the book, which of course we want the Rita in the book, I would have maybe felt that way, but she just gets worse and worse and worse. So her entire trajectory in this book is precisely what it should be. From, you know, the very beginning when she was very fabulous at the end, she's a beetle. My third, and I had to also mention this person is Madame Maxine because we learn a lot about her backstory. That is very important. And learning about somebody who is at this position of power, who also has a past and a background that she cannot be open about and talk about is something I find very relatable because I'm also a giant, no. Because also like as somebody in the LGBTQ community, somebody who obviously came out as gay years ago and has been coming out more and more as asexual lately, it's relatable and it's difficult and she still is very, very classy and she is a Quinn. I love Bill Weasley. Glad he was introduced in this book. No. I wish we had spent time with Moody in this book because Moody would be my answer. I love that, yeah. If if we had spent time with the real Moody in this book, he would be my answer. But I have two answers as well. It's a tie between Quinn, Madame Maxime. Yeah. And Fleur. I think that strong women who are not properly respected by the author, such as in this case, and they're not respected by the wizarding world or by their peers, really, they're still kick-ass in spite of all that. We don't get a lot of Fleur, but you get hints of her. She's kind of an asshole in those first couple scenes where you see her like complaining about Hogwarts. And then as she gets into competition mode and you see her interact with Harry specifically, obviously after Harry rescues Gabrielle, she's very gracious about that. And you see the kind of person she is. Her sister was the most important thing to her. I get this feeling from her and Crumb and really a lot of the other students from Boatown and Durmstrang alike that they are really appreciating the whole like magical cooperation and, and integration and stuff that's happening. But they are kick-ass women, and both of them have an an amazing character arc ahead of them, and they've already shown us how cool they are. I love it. I think every single answer that we all said, honestly, if we had to kick one out, it would probably be Rita. For the same reason I had chosen Lucius, it's very interesting to see that kind of person introduced, and we do get to spend time with Rita in the future, too. She's also a very realistic villain. When we look at villains, you see people like that. (laughs) Well, and just just like Lucius, she really loves harassing teenagers, and that's what a shitty adults Oh, I thought you were going to say, just like Lucius, she really loves hairspray. Well, also that. Next question is, what is your favorite quote of this book? Okay, so I have one that's more serious. Like, actually serious, not the character serious. So the first one is, 
If you want to know what a man's like, take a good look at how he treats his inferiors, not his equals. Oh, good one! Which is a Dumbledore quote, is it, it is not? It is a Dumbledore quote. In the movie, it's kind of restructured, and I'm pretty sure that Sirius says it in the movie, and I'm always mm. mad about I don't it. remember that. It's in the fifth movie uh, that he says oh, it. Oh, okay. interesting. Okay. And I'm like, that's but, not right, and it's not even the right book. That's yeah. a good quote. Good but one. no, I love that quote. I kind of try to live my life that way mm-hmm. anyways. Specifically, like, if I'm dating someone, I will very much judge on how they treat, like, servers at restaurants. Because mm-hmm. if I go out to eat with a guy and he's a dick to the server, <laughs> bye. No, bye. Know how to treat a human yeah. being. Yeah. I've never oh, been a absolutely. server, and same thing. I fucking hate that shit. Yeah. My second favorite quote is, did you put your name into the Goblet of Fire, Harry? Oh my god. <laughs> did you choose that? I didn't even think of choosing that. I didn't choose that. Oh, that's really good. How would you just put your name in the Goblet of Fire? <laughs> yeah, fucking Michael Gambon. <laughs> oh, so frustrating. I have two. I'm going to just say this one, and then I'm going to go into my tirade here. One of my favorite quotes in the entire series is actually, it is a strange thing, but when you are dreading something and would give anything to slow down time, it has a disobliging habit of speeding up. Every time I'm like, I don't want to do that. That's solid. Who said that? It's literally like a paragraph. It's like in the narration. Yeah, it's in the narration. Wow. That's, okay. That, that's a good one because I love that quote because it's so relatable. So here we go. You cannot choose a best quote from this fucking book because all of these quotes exist. So this quote exists. I mean, Bentley said it all. Are we ready to move on to the next segment? <laughs> No. <laughs> so Hagrid says, what's coming will come, and we'll meet it when it does. Fuck you, that's mine. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. That's like one of the best quotes ever. Yeah. But then you move on to everything Dumbledore says during the final ceremony. Mm-hmm. And the things that he says, like the Remember Cedric stuff, is just beautiful. Every guest in this hall will be welcomed back here at any time should they wish to come. I say to you all once again, in the light of Lord Voldemort's return, we are only as strong as we are united, as weak as we are divided. Lord Voldemort's gift for spreading discord and enmity is very great. We can fight it only by showing an equally strong bond of friendship and trust. Differences of habit and language are nothing at all if our aims are identical and our hearts are open. This is why Dumbledore gets all the fucking passes. He says shit like this and you're like, yes. Dumbledore, yes. And then he does this beautiful speech about Cedric, and and all of this is in the final chapter of the book. Love it. For me, mine is the Hagrid quote as well it's... about mindfulness. Ooh, maybe there'll be music for that too. Brian, would you like to create mindfulness music? Da, 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 da. <laughs> Because in my mind, I'm picturing Enya in my mind. Here's the thing. That was Enya, right? Like, right at the top of my head, my mind was going, da 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 Sure. And you're like, wrong family. I have no inclination. Like, I have witchy music, but I don't have mindfulness music. The Jurassic Park theme song is my mindfulness music. Honestly, I I can get behind that shit. Just put on the John Williams Spotify playlist. No, don't. Don't robot lady. I didn't say her name. I know know better. Exactly, but who knows? She might become sentient at some point. Sentient. And say where the road Precisely. There she is. So great. But that quote in particular that Hagrid says is very mindfulness oriented and just kind of accepting what today is and living in the present moment and what will come will come and we'll handle it then. So that is also really good advice. Again, all the quotes that came up 
only time. Boom. Sorry, you didn't let me finish and I had to get those. <laughs> so what's the next theme, Sarah? What is your favorite part of the movie? Ferret Malfoy. A lovely. Fantastic. Done. For me, it's the scene in the graveyard. If we look at what is done in comparison to the book, that is where I feel like there's the most justice given. Yeah. There's so many other great moments. Like the Yule Ball could have been so cool. They like cut things down so much. My second favorite moment from the movie is when Cedric tells Harry that he should go take a bath because there's so much sexual of course energy in this there's moment. There's so much. Course. Robert and Daniel, what's mm. up, guys? So what's my favorite part of the movie? When it's over. <gasps> I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> Someone I had really to for say a second it. thought that, that was Someone your thing. had to Damn say it. Damn it. I wish that was your answer because that would have been great. It was a great answer. But, that, I like but that the answer. graveyard is my favorite part of the movie. But the fucking actors in this movie. We have Brendan Gleeson and Miranda Richardson in this movie. Ugh, Miranda Richardson. And they're so, so fucking yeah. good. Brendan Gleeson is playing a villain playing Mad Eye Moody, which is always mm -hmm. cool. Like, because then you get to see how he does in the next couple movies. Also, um, David Tennant. David Tennant, of course, mm -hmm. is also on my list. And then Katie Lewing is gorgeous. Show Afshan Azad, who's Padma, and Shifali Chowdhury, who is Pavardi. Some of those beautiful people on the fucking planet. And I was like, I want to be Ron right now. I want to be Harry right now. Look and I bet she would be more appreciative than either uh, of them. Fucking yeah. But I'm sorry, as amazing as all the people are, Jeff Rawl, who plays Cedric Diggory's dad, murders oh. all of us in that final goddamn scene of his. <laughs> Reading the book, I'm always just like, Diggory, you need to stop digging into Harry. You're real rude. And he a child. Doesn't matter. He's beautiful. That final scene where he's yeah. like sobbing. Movie Amos is another one Movie similar Amos. to Movie Rita, who, like, I mean, <laughs> they're not at the same level. But they definitely got <laughs> a glow up, if you will. Mm -hmm. So before we go into the next segment, I have to add a little interjection here that's neither movie nor book we're going into puffs right now okay do because one of my absolute favorite moments of puffs which is during the fourth book is the second task because they addressed what has always bugged me and that is the fact that everyone who is watching the triwizard tournament is simply staring at a lake right for those who have not seen puffs during the second task the announcer comes on and he's like welcome to the second task Woo! and like everyone's cheering and they're so excited they're like are you ready and go you hear the splash and then everyone's cheering and then there is just dead silence for a solid 20 seconds and then they're just like so we're just looking at, at a lake, lake. Just good time had they had muggle technology, there would be television screens showing what is exactly. happening under the water. Puffs is different in this regard, but they continue to have a third task in which no one can see anything mm -hmm. either. The only task in which they could actually see what was happening was the first one, and in the movie, they don't even get that, because no. Harry's off flying with Harry's the dragon like, by the Harry's castle. Like, Hold on, is I that... gotta go. I'm gonna fly around the castle. Harry Potter times. ruins things again. Can we talk about how in that particular scene, I was running around as Victor and Ludo Bagman? Yes, you were. Mm. And I was just holding a rope mm. <laughs> with Olivia Pesh. That's okay, because in the year prior, you had to be three teachers in one scene. I was. So, Literally fine. in like 40 seconds, um, I was three people. My other favorite thing about Puffs in the fourth book, it shows how brilliant Matt Cox is. In the Puff script, Wayne basically causes everything that happens with Cedric. Mm -hmm. Wayne is the one that convinces Cedric to ask out Cho. And to turn the rock into a dog. To turn the rock into the dog. 
everything that Cedric does in the book is influenced by Wayne, who is the main character of Puffs, who's not in the Harry Potter series, and it's just absolutely brilliant. So good. What is the one thing you would have added into the movie? I only have two. Yes, I could have gone a lot longer, but the two things that immediately came to mind are the backstory of Barty Crouch and Barty Crouch Jr. Okay, that is the, also on my list. Yes, the mm-hmm. whole Crouch Come background. I'll take it off. Also, I really wanted the reveal of Rita being an animatrix and why she knew everything Ooh, throughout the year. I don't have that on my list. You took my first one off my list, so great. I want the maze from the fucking book! Mm-hmm. Give me the fucking maze! That. I have the Sphinx on mine. Okay, so same. Yeah. yeah. I also want a purpose for Rita, like maybe the one she had in the book. Yeah. A purpose for Snape, also maybe the one he had in the book. Love it. Actually using Gary Oldman in the movie instead of the weird ember head thing. Love it. I want the scene with Molly. Not just for Ashley, oh. but for the world. No. Okay? <laughs> what, what Molly chapter? Oh, at the, the end at the of very the end, book where she hugs Harry. The and hug he, of Molly. And he's, he never couldn't felt remember ever like being hugged that way. Also, show us what actually happened with Barty Crouch Jr. Because that was a mess. That whole fucking scene was a mess. I need the Snape and McGonagall thing where they're like, no, Fudge, don't fucking bring that piece of shit sheet with a hole in here. And I want the scene between Dumble and Fudge where we can see that Fudge is being a corrupt asshole prior to the fifth movie. The end. Not to mention the reveal of Barty Crouch Sr. dying. I was oh, so confused. Horrible. Because A, like we've seen him once or twice at this point. It's all of a sudden they just find his body in the woods. I remember being like, wait, who is that? Even though I had read the book. That moment is blown over. Yep. This movie covered about 16% of the entire book. Yeah. All of those are solid. So, similarly, I had the backstory of Barty Crouch Jr., especially him not being so obvious. Uh, but then I also had the Sphinx. The other things that I had included is a better Yule Ball, because Yule Ball in the movie, in comparison, is not nearly as fabulous. The decorations are pretty fantastic. There are some other issues with it. Like, I would really like them to not dress the Indian girls in those costumes. Yeah, I mean, the costuming behind it, I mean, why the fuck don't we have McGonagall wearing tartan? Some of the outdoor stuff, like the whole Rose Garden thing. and But the Weird Sisters, solid. Co-ed international schools. Because yeah. if we had that, maybe it wouldn't have been so like utterly masculine on the yeah. drumstring So thing. fucking And stupid. a fucking bird dance. Uh, Ludo Bagman as a whole. It would have been nice because of the way that Barty Crouch Sr. in particular mm-hmm. was structured. I think that it would have um, actually helped the contrast of Barty Crouch Sr. Please don't chew on my exactly. hair. Exactly. Me too. Please don't thank you. Brian, come on. Get down. I'm sorry. <laughs> it just Jeez. smells so good. We just can't invite anybody over again. They just automatically start licking down and chewing <laughs> on her hair. And then my final one is also the Bertha Jorkins backstory. Yeah. I think it's also... Oh, she's yeah. a fucking Corcrux, for God's sake. I think they briefly mentioned her at the very beginning with the whole Frank Bryce thing. Otherwise, she's another mm. one who is el- eliminated from this that I think is probably more important than Ludo. Let's play a game. Oh. oh, games is fun. Games. The name of this game is Superlatives. Just like in high school, when you're a senior and people vote for you to be things. People never voted for me to be anything. Were you anything like best dressed, best hair? No, and no. I got two. Oh. <laughs> 
I may have mentioned what this on the podcast. You, fuck you have. Do yeah. <laughs> I was only popular like my last two years of high school, which doesn't matter in the trajectory of life, but I was m- most dramatic, huh. and I still am, and then I was most musical, which I definitely shouldn't have gotten. So. I don't remember. Tara was firmest booty. She can't even say anything about herself. She just smiled and giggled. But I mean, I got a firm booty. What do you want? She do. She got a firm booty. So we're going to sort characters from this book into these classes. Ready? Number one, class clown. So I think Fred and George was too obvious of an answer, so I did not go with them. I went with Ludo Bagman. Cool. I totally went with Fred and George because I'm an obvious bitch. <laughs> so I went with Rita Skeeter because she acted like a fucking clown. But honorable mention Ron for the same reason. Yeah, I like it. Number two, most likely to be famous. Cedric, because he would have been. Draco Malfoy. I want to see him be a social media influencer, like kind of like Tommy Laren, but... We're just laughing at how terrible and stupid See, he is. Have you seen the newest Spider-Man movie? No. Far From Home. Have you seen Spider-Man Far From no, Home? No, I just really <laughs> love Tara's answer. Could you imagine Malfoy with his own fucking YouTube channel where he just gives like the same shitty jokes about He does ASMR. Oh my god! He does! So for anyone who has seen Spider-Man Far From Home, Flash Thompson, who is like the school bully in this movie series, he is basically Draco Malfoy in the Spider-Man series, is a social media influencer. I forget what the name of his series is, but they're like going through Europe and he's like constantly talking to his fans in like videos and stuff. And I'm like, I am now picturing that being Draco Malfoy. Oh my God, love it. Malfoy doing TikTok dances, I'm here for it 100. My answer is Hermione because she has that shining moment in this book. It elevated her status and she had like a little bit of that. Honorable mention are Harry and Victor for obvious reasons. Oh yeah. Next, biggest flirt. So I went with Ron because he has a line. It's during Trelawney's class, and he says something about, "Oh, lavender. Can I see Uranus oh, too?" Yeah. Something that I blocked out of my mind. Yeah. Probably. And you're like, "Oh no, we know what's yeah. coming." So flirt, <laughs> not in a good way. Very soon, lavender's gonna be like, "Yes, you can see my Uranus." My anus, my it's Uranus. gonna be like, "You can see you're my olive." <laughs> <laughs> What's your answer for biggest? Oh, Moaning Myrtle. Oh, oh my God, yes. How did I not even think a Quen. about that? God. Oh my God, yeah. the like thirty-five-year-old actress. Daniel Radcliffe's over here. Daniel being Radcliffe. Like, I don't know. What to do. She's just like you know. He's like literally trying to use the bubbles to stop her from looking at his junk, and she's like, mm. I can see through those mm. bubbles because I'm a ghost. <laughs> right? Like she could have just been like, "Excuse me a minute," and just dove into the. My answer. <laughs> Is Ludo Bagman. For the same reason, he being really, really creepy and pedophile to Harry. Hey, baby, you want that help? I can't do it like you can. It was like, hey, baby, come over here. You want help taming that dragon? You get it. Next. Most changed in quotes. Okay. Malfoy. Because human to ferret is a big change. There's really no other answer. My answer is not that. Really? Well, my answer is moody because for obvious reasons. Right. So I feel like my answer is maybe... Yeah, y'all are great. And I also went with the whole series, so I just went with Neville. Oh. Because that bitch be changed. Of course she did. And so fucking hot by the end of the series. Hi, Matthew Lewis. He's in Metamorphosis during this Next cutest couple. I went with Ginny and Neville or Fred and Angelina. 
Hagrid and Venomous Snape? Oh, that's a good mm. answer, too. Mine is somewhat similar. Mine is Igor and Snape. <laughs> Next, biggest party animal. A dragon. <laughs> no explanation. It's, it's a very large animal, and I'm sure they like to party. If I were a dragon, I would party probably more than I do now. Mm-hmm. It would be often by myself, though, because I would I'd be a Hungarian horny tail. I'd be crisping all the peeps and then eating them. <laughs> crisping all the peeps. <laughs> <laughs> I know that if I were a dragon, I would just be like, that looks like, 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 like a delicious snack. Fire. Dragon's going to walk into the party and be like, y'all ready to get lit? Oh, shut your fucking face. <laughs> Okay, so I have like a yearbook be like the class of 1996 biggest party animal, Lee Jordan. Previously mm. in history, it was Sirius Black. Before that, Ludo Beck. Nice. These people were all probably... I can kind of appreciate that. Biggest party animal for me, Flitwick, because in the movie, you know, he's in the Oh my bed. gosh, he's totally moshing. But on the flip side, honorable mention is Mad Maxine because she's big too. And you know she can get down. Probably in the classy party way, but still. Best bromance. I said Harry and Cedric because of the sexual tension. I reject the term bromance as only men. So I'm going to go ahead and flip that and make it a womance. I love Ooh, it. Oh, I like that. I will fight hard for this friendship. You know McGonagall and Sprout be running that school. I love that answer. My answer is two gentlemen. One of them is Harry, but the other one is Crumb, because they did have some really nice moments of Crumb being vulnerable. And and then fucking ruined by Barty Crouch Sr. just about to be dead. Almost dead person. (laughs) Alright. Next one. Most likely to drop their phone in the toilet. Ron. Hagrid. Moaning Myrtle! (laughs) Moni Myrtle is a toilet pro. She know how to not drop her phone there. Moni Myrtle is a toilet. <laughs> you literally just read my mind. You literally just read Because everyone just shits all over her. Aww. All right. Next one, and this is our last one. Most likely to end up on a reality TV show. I said Crumb or Malfoy. Which shows? So Crumb, I could see being on some kind of like celebrity something either with a bunch of other celebrities or he's a celebrity with like the surreal yeah something like that and then malfoy would just be on some fucking real housewives shit i agree with that i like real housewives of malfoy manor just (laughs) narcissus and draco (laughs) oh no you know luscious is there too because he is also luscious is actually a star (laughs) obviously Sponsored um, by Pantene. So, I also don't watch reality TV. This is a generic reality TV show answer. My answer is Pansy Parkinson. I feel mm. like she would end up on a show, nobody would like her or root for her, but we'd all be like, why the fuck is this bitch here? And she'd be there way longer than we want her She'd be like there. that bitch on America's Next Top Model so she's who makes it the end because of the drama. Ding dong. Yeah. So she's like Candy Muse on Drag Race? Sure, yes, sure. I said it. Yeah. Thank you for agreeing with me. You're welcome. My answer is Winky. Because she a mess. And a lot of those people on reality TV shows, that messes. I want Winky show. in the house with the Malfoys on the dead Real Housewives oh of Malfoy Manor. I want Winky on, like, Flavor of Love. <laughs> and and Flavor of Love is like, yo, Winky, I don't even, even need to rename you. Your name is Winky. And she gets eliminated first because she's crying all the time. You Real look like a burnt piece of shit. Malfoy Manor just involves... Dobby, like, apparating in the middle of everything and being like, nope, still don't want to be here, bye. Yep, you'd be like, see him in the background of every shot. This (laughs) is mine now. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) 
Was that, that Dobby? Was, that, was, that was Bobby. That yes. was very Gollum. Actually. Bobby. That was Bobby. Actually. <laughs> Are you sure? That's how Dobby talks to you. This is mine now. This is mine now. I might have put a little bit of like very Bippy in there. That's sort of how good. Olivia did Bippy. <laughs> For all of y'all still confused about why Olivia Petri vanished that way in that episode because she played Bippy, the house elf from Puffs. So. All right, so that was it for <laughs> our superlatives. That was very fun. It was. That might come up in future recaps. We'll see. <laughs> but now we're going to get into what you've all been waiting for, and that is my points ranking. <laughs> oh my god, yay. Yes, so, for Gryffindor to win again. Shut your face, but you're I, also right. I was literally just impersonating Dumbledore. <laughs> you might be saying to yourself, can, can he, he give, give out more, more points now? now? Well, yes. Yes. Yes, yes he, can. he can. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be doing anything of the sort. So, w- let's start off. 100 people exactly were assigned or deducted points. People, categories of people, things, whatever. 100 of them. Of those, 53% were new. 53 out of 100. So that nice. tells you how many new things are in this book. We're also at a total of 150. So 50 previous characters were not rewarded in this book. That means also that our growth rate of new characters at this point is 3%. All right. Hi, Gay. It's me, Editing Adam. I am just coming in here to say that this portion of the episode is very, very long. I've been editing for a while now, and obviously I never know how long the episode's actually going to be. But in this case, I have about 50 minutes left, and I'm like, what the fuck else do we have to talk about? So I'm going to go ahead and time and a half this for your own listening pleasure. You're welcome. Goodbye. Time for math. <laughs> Thank you. Number one, Harry Potter with 320. Number two, Harry. <gasps> what? Are you going to do this during this entire huge list? No, I'm really not. I don't have that kind of energy. Number two, Albus Dumbledore, 235. Number three, Hermione Granger, 205. Number four, Cedric Diggory, 155. Number five, Molly Weasley, 110. Number six, Rubius Hagrid, 105. Number six, Minerva McGonagall, 100. Now we're in under 100. Hagrid is higher than McGonagall. Oh. Number seven, Sirius Black, 85. Number eight, Arthur Weasley, 65. Number nine, we have our first tie. And they're both me. It's the Giant Squid and Victor Chrome at 60 points. Ten, four-way tie. Bill Weasley, Dobby, Fox, and Nifflers. All nice creatures. Number 11, Alistair Moody and Winky, 45. Number 12, Aquen, Pompey Pomfrey, 35. What number am I on? This changed to bulleted when I emailed to myself. Whatever. 14, maybe? 14. Let's go with 14. Four-way tie. Bertha Dorkins, Fleur Delacour, George Weasley, Ron Weasley. 15. Four-way tie. Myself, from points that Tara gave me, for making a funny joke to the Creepy Brothers were like the Walmart version of Fred and George. Regardless, Adam Bowers, Fred Weasley, Moaning Myrtle, and Neville Longbottom, basically all the same person. 25 points. The next one, because I've lost count. Four-way tie. Charlie Weasley, Ireland Quidditch team, the Sphinx, and whoever designed this prefix bathroom at 20. <laughs> next, a six-way tie between Angela Johnson, Cho Chang, Fat Lady, Jay Weasley, Olymp Maxime, and Roberts the Campground owner at 15. Next, a 13 way tie Buckbeat, Colin Creedy, Dennis Creedy, Gabrielle Delacour, Garrick Alavander, Hedwig, James Potter, Lily Potter, Mrs. Diggory, Polly Eikoff, Pomona Sprout, Sybil Shrawny, and the Cook from the Real House. 10 points. Then we'd have a 20 way tie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> These are five points Argus Filch, Bulgarian Minister of Magic, Dean Thomas, Dot, Eloise Midgen, Ernie McMillan, Frank Rice, Katie Bell, Kevin Slug, Lee Jordan, Old Archie, Oliver Wood, Padma Patil, Pravati Patil, Hit Widgeon, Nearly Headless Nick, Seamus Finnegan, The Soaring Cat, Taxi Driver, and Weird Sisters. Next, we have a very special ranking. It is one point for Bill's earring. 
<laughs> Next, we have another very special. It's zero points, <clears throat> aka someone had points and they get deducted, and that it goes to Amos Vickery. He has nothing. Why did he get points taken away? Because he was a dick. D-bag early in the book. So he has zero points and he has zero sons. Next! <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Now we're in negative points. Hold on. No, four-way tie. This is 95 points. Flu powder ministry worker Gregory Goyle and Mrs. Scratch and Nagini. Except it apparently autocorrected to Nagina. <laughs> oh, Nagina. 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 Next, an eight-way tie. Negative 10. Avery McNair, Mr. Crab, Mr. Goyle, not Peeves, Violet, and Vincent Crab. So all the Death Eaters and then Fat Lady's bitchy brand. Next, negative 15. A three-way tie. Dudley Dursley, Michael Gambon, and Lucius Malfoy. <laughs> Okay, I got that's right. Negative thirty, a three-way tie. Death Eaters in general, <laughs> and then Petunia and Vernon, <laughs> all even. You know, same sort of people. Then a tie at negative thirty-five. Pansy Parkinson and Percy Weasley, also pretty much the same. Bitchy queens. Three-way tie, negative forty. Igor Karkaroff, Ludo Bagman, and Severus Snape. And then everybody else we have is by themselves, so no more ties. Okay. So negative forty-five. Any guesses? Barty Crouch Jr. No. I don't know. Rita Skeeter. Rita. Negative eighty-five. Is that Barty Crouch Jr. Hell no. It's several to go. <laughs> Draco Malfoy. Draco. Negative one hundred and ten. Please say it's Fudge. No, it's Voldemort. No, Voldy. Negative 160. Is that Fudge? Nope, Peter Pettigrew. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I was going to guess that, but I was drinking water. Negative 175. These are the bottom three. Body Crush Jr. No. Body Crush Sr. No. Fudge. Yeah. Process of elimination. Fudge. Then Body Crush Jr. Then Body Crush Sr. Ding dong, baby. We got third to last place, Cornelius Fudge with negative 175. Body Crush Jr., negative 190. And the loser from points is Body Crush Sr. And the loser of the book. High five. I'm supposed to miss. Well, you sort of, so you, you were like, I'm going to get it. And I'm like, I'm going to miss. Like, <laughs> Listeners, you just missed a very sad high five. Yeah, you did. All right. I have more information. So now this is where I like to break them down by like category. So like how so on and so forth. And in the past, we had miscellaneous and unknown. We have new categories that break that down. Miscellaneous unknown has broken out into three additional categories. Magical creature, which is any non-human creature, including animals, house elves, and forensi, etc. In the magical world. So this would include magical pets, like Hedwig, Fang, and Crookshanks. This does not include half creatures, such as Hagrid and Maxime. Those are humans. But Grop, for example, would be a creature, not a human, so someone in the future. The Grops. The Grops, that's the right, the Grops. <laughs> oh, how could we forget? Love you, Chad. Ghosts and poltergeists also do not fall into this category. The next category is magical objects, so that's any prop or object given points to in the magical realm only that's enchanted or otherwise. For example, the Fort Anglia, there is lover. The Whomping Willow, my lover. Okay. And Bill's earring would fall into this group. Paintings do not. I also didn't classify Christmas in this category. Mom Christmas. So, and then uncategorized magical human. This includes groups such as Death Eaters or the Weird Sisters, ghosts and poltergeists, paintings, historical figures, non-Hogwarts witches and wizards, such as Fleur, Victor, undisclosed people, such as the person who wrote the Hogwarts fight song or designed the prefect's bathroom, and any other minor character in the magical realm that does not have a house assigned to them that I could find based on my own research. So that would include people like George Crockford or Madame Rose Murdoch. All right, so in first place, we've got Gryffindor. Yay! Boo! Boo! Thank you. Hufflepuff in third place, because I don't want to... Hang fuck up. Gryffindor, 3,680 points. The top three are... Hufflepuff. No, the oh. top three of Gryffindor. Oh, that's oh, easy. Griff it's Harry, Hermione, no, it's no. Harry, Dumbledore, and Hermione. Ding dong. Uh, yeah. Harry, Hermione, and Dumbledore. Oh, right Dumbledore, Dumbledore, Hermione. And the bottom three are? Ron. No. From worst to best? Um, Percy Weasley. Percy Weasley's in there. The absolute worst Gryffindor is Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew, right. Then Percy Weasley, and then Ludo Backman. Ludo Backman was Gryffindor. I was going to say Gryffindor, but I couldn't remember if he was Gryffindor. In yeah, second place Gryffindor. is Hufflepuff! <laughs> The top three are Cedric. Cedric is number one. Pomfrey. Pomfrey's number two. And Sprout. Sprout is number three. Oh. This Hufflepuff knows his Hufflepuffs. This Hufflepuff knows Adam. <laughs> sure. I just really wanted anything else to be. Well, okay. So the bottom three is basically everybody else because this is the only house that has no negative points. Yeah. So Olivia King, remember when you said in the 100th episode that you thought Hufflepuffs were assholes? Debunked. Because <laughs> they have no negative points. They're amazing. I'm just going to tell you because you're not going to guess. From worst to best, the worst Hufflepuff is Amos Diggory. And by the way, second worst in quotes is a tie between Matt Cox, Jay Finch, Hanny, Ernie, and Mrs. Diggory. And there's no other category. That's all the Hufflepuffs that I've given points to. What about Madden Moody? Oh, maybe Madden Moody isn't in here. I don't know. I'm happy. We're just going to imagine. Just put Madden Moody Moody's in there, too. He's sure. Great. Okay, third place in categories is Magical Creatures. Top three. Nifflers. No. Oh. Buckbeak. Buckbeak. Yes. 
Dobby. No. Fox is number one. Oh. Fox. Then is... The giant squid. Thank you. And then my beak. The bottom three are... Worst is... Pinky. No. Squirts? No. Think of something that almost killed Harry. Mermaid. The Basilisk. Oh. <laughs> the, the fourth one? No, this is for all of the books. This is across all four books. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. Yeah. Next is a tie between Lawn Gnomes and Dolores Jane Umbridge, aka The Troll, mm. which we're going to have to make a distinction in the next book. Third is a third way tie between Greenbacks, Goblins, Nagini, and Trevor. For some reason, what I, is Trevor? I a negative number. I took points away from Trevor. Because Trevor was like, I gotta get rid of Neville. You're like, Trevor, Probably. Neville is fucking great, you idiots. Probably. Fourth place is Magical Objects. Also, we only have a top two and a bottom two. Magical Objects, top two. Who are they? Number one is Marauders Map. Christmas. Christmas. And the next one is someone that you fucked. Well, that's a list. <laughs> In their tailpipe. Oh, I love my life. For <laughs> And the bottom two are Quirrell's Turban and Bill's Earring. The only other three are in the middle and tied, so I didn't put them the other way. And so the Miss 2000, the Whomping Willow, and the Soaring Hat. Uncategorized Magical Human. Top three, Victor Crumb. Woo! Whoever wrote the Hogwarts fight song. And then a tie between Fleur Delacour and the Fat Lady, which is ample. I enjoy that tie. Bottom three from Worst Bats are Eager Carcroft, Death Eaters in general, and then a tie between Peeves, Ministry of Magic, and Sir Patrick Podmore. Oh my god, I fucking hate Sir Patrick Podmore. Yes. Fifth place is Muggle Squid. So keep in mind, we still have not gotten to Ravenclaw or Slytherin. I know. Top three, Roberts from this book. Oh, brown guy. Robert. Also from his book, The Riddle Cook. Yes. And then an eight-way tie between Colonel Fobster, the front desk guy at the hotel, the Grangers, Mrs. Fig, Zoe Wanamaker, the actress, Dot, Frank Bryce, the taxi driver. Fucking Dot. Bottom three. Any guesses? Muggle Squid. Verse three. The Dursleys. Mm-hmm. Vernon Petunia and Not also a Dursley. Dudley? No. Marge. Marge. Oh, fucking Marge. Marge all that lost a lot. Marge lost more than Dudley. In seventh place, Ravenclaw. Top three. Any <laughs> guesses? Cho Chang. Nope. Two of them are Flitwick is the third place. Um, Remember, I assigned these points. So number one, first place Ravenclaw, Morning Myrtle. Oh, Myrtle. Second place Sybil Trelawney, third place Flitwick. Okay, that makes sense. Bottom three are... Oh, oh, I know what the bottom, bottom, bottom one is. Yes. Lockshart. No. What? Bodyguard Senior, according to my research, was Ravenclaw. Oh, interesting. Then Lockshart, and then... Penelope Clearwater? Quirrell. Quirrell. And finally, Slytherin. Who are the top three? Top three? Yeah. Snape? No. No, Snape's way down there. Kidding me? Are there any Slytherins who are in positive? Yes. Adam. Yeah, I'm number one. <laughs> top three are me, Stan Shunpike, and a tie between Adrian Pusey, Derek, the random Slytherin from Rando Derek. Christmas at some point, and then Finger No Witch. Oh, Finger No Witch. Those are the only Slytherins to get positive points. Bottom three are in order Draco, then Voldemort, then Snape. <laughs> Snape has the least amount of points. So, to recap, Gryffindor got 3,680 points. Hufflepuff got 435. Yeah, 3,680 versus 435. So, Gryffindor is miles ahead. I mean, the series is about Gryffindor. So, yeah, if, it were, if it were Puffs, it'd be different. No, 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 It doesn't really matter who the other ones are, except that Slytherin has negative 1,700. <laughs> Just a couple more notes. And I'm not gonna make you guess anything. I have a few new categories too. The Platinum Club. There are only 15 people, creatures, or objects that were awarded slash deducted points in all four books up to this. They've been in my point rankings in all only four 15. books. Only 15. Only 15. You can guess if you want. One Hufflepuff. The Hufflepuff is definitely Pomfrey. Yes. Can I do it by category? Because I have it by category. Oh. Two is Muggles and Squids. There's two of them. Dursleys. No. One Dursley. Vernon. Vernon and Filch. Filch. Oh yes. No. Three Slytherins. Draco. Snape. And the other one is a little bit of a surprise. Holding. Lucius. I took away points from him in the first book for oh, some reason. Because he's Lucius. Sorry. And nine Gryffindors. Harry, Ron, Hermione, Dumbledore, McGonagall, Neville, Fred Ginny. George. Ginny. There's two more. Percy. Come on. None of that should be obvious. Tara. No. <laughs> Hagrid. Oh Hagrid, who I always forget is a Gryffindor. Yeah. And Molly. Oh, yes, because we did get Molly points in the first book. There are only two people in the series who got zero points. That is, they were awarded and taken away, or taken away and then rewarded to even out a zero score. Peeps and Amos. Amos and Amos. wait, who was the other one you said? Peeps. No. But the other person is kind of in that same category. The other one is Sir Cadigan. Oh, Sir Cadigan. Next is Glow Up. So these are folks who have significantly improved throughout Matthew the Lewis. series. <laughs> what did you say? Matthew Lewis. 
No. These are specific people who have gotten significantly better throughout the series based on their points. I'm just going to tell you who they are. They're Filch, Dobby, Howl and Creedy, Cho Chang, and the Giant Squid. They have increased book over book by this point. I knew Filch. That's the only one that I knew for sure. And then Consistence. These are people who tend to get the same point value book after book. There are three of them, and they are Fang, Hannah, Abbott, and Fat Lady. And then Declines. Folks who have significantly declined through the series from their beginning point. And there are three of those, and those are Trelawney, Lee Jordan, and Buckbeak. Lastly, there are a few surprising people who have never gotten points added or removed until book four, despite being present from the beginning. And some of them are major characters, honestly. How many are there? Eight. Jeez. Who I have some guesses? Lee Jordan? No. Good guess, though. James Finnegan. Yes! James he is one of them. And similarly is... Dean? Yes, he's on there. The Patil twins. No, they aren't prominent in the beginning chapters. Dudley? No. Uh, I thought that you, like, had to say about the, the toffee. What'd you call him? Detoffee? Detoffee. You know, the whole toffee thing. Detoffee. That's, that's Dudley's drag name, Detoffee. Mr. Weasley. No. All right, I'm gonna go through them. So Dean, Seamus, Goyle, and Crab. Oh! I'm taking points away from them. They always give more for Goyle. Isn't that bizarre? Because the actor who plays Goyle is way more attractive. Also, never given or taken away from the sorting hat. Oh. Katie Bell, which is also weird, because I thought I feel her... like she's a fucking Quen. Well, also, like, we did something with the Quidditch teams in the past, so Katie Bell, she didn't make an appearance until this <laughs> book. And I think the two most shocking... Ollivander. I didn't give him points in the first book. And the biggest shock, Lily Potter did not get any points until this book. What the fuck? Sucker didn't get points for his book, right? He did. Because he exists. And so I know that was very long, but I had a lot of fun looking at my data. He's such a data nerd and we love him. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so, with that, book four is Dunzo. Whoa. Let's get into it. Book five. What? Book five? What are we looking happen. forward to? What are we scared what are you of? Looking forward to? I'm looking forward to being a part of the podcast more. Hopefully. Well, that is happening for sure. Yes. Yeah. Looking forward to talking all about Harry's angst a mm-hmm. lot and uh, bitching about the movie a lot. Ding dong. Mm-hmm. Ding dong is my new catchphrase, I swear. I, I feel like see it all that. the time. I hear that. And I, it comes naturally. It's just ding dong. What about you? For me, I am really looking forward to Luna. I'm looking forward to Dumbledore's army. Similarly to this book, I'm interested in learning more about the world. And in this case, we get to learn more about the politics, which is something I never say, because I hate talking politics. But in this case, I think it'll add some much-needed color to the series mm-hmm. of, like, the background. Yeah, I think those are some of, like, my biggest things that I'm looking forward to. I need to focus a lot on the positive, because for me, I'm just like, Umbridge is here. For this past season, we were like, here it comes. But now I'm like, oh my god, Umbridge is here. We're going to have to talk about Umbridge. So that is going to be interesting, but it goes along with the whole politics of the world, and we've already seen it a little bit popping up in these last few chapters. Like, Ashley had even mentioned in her episode, this is where we start to hear about Umbridge popping up. More of Neville's backstory as well. Yes. Learning from this book and kind of seeing how things unfolded, I think that the next book will also give a lot of that and a lot of unexpected twists and turns and things that aren't mm-hmm. in the movie because as y'all know i'm more familiar with the movies i love to hate umbridge i love interesting antagonists especially i love the way that umbridge is portrayed in the movies mm-hmm. like you said in a previous episode there's going to be a lot of Milda Staunton love so much Milda Staunton love and a lot of umbridge hate outside of the umbridge discussion because that's going to be a huge part of it i'm really excited about getting to know Moody. Oh, that's great. I'm excited we get to meet Tonk. The whole order of the Phoenix. I'm excited that we're going to get to meet Luna and we're going to see her and Ginny and Neville really come into their own and be major ass kickers and I love them. Mm -hmm. I'm also 
interested to see what in this world that we're trying much harder as a society to be more respecting other people's trauma giving people the space that they need to heal from their trauma and to accept the things that have happened to them and to be encouraging and not discouraging about mental health to look at Harry's trauma from this regard. Am I looking forward to it? It's gonna be, it's emotionally overwhelming, but it's also, I think, important to come into that book already in the place where we are now, where we're like, we just lost Cedric. We just watched a 14 year old boy go through the trauma of being tortured by his arch nemesis after watching a student be murdered. Kind of seeing how all this comes together for the hero of our series and really seeing how when this book first came out how negatively Harry is viewed. You know that was like 2006, five. I don't know how Harry can be perceived by people who are more conscious about normalizing mental health in general. It's gonna get dark, I think. I'm looking so, forward to the learning. Absolutely, I think that this is one of the darkest books for sure. But everything that you said, I think, is so valid and so important. People starting off this book, perhaps having this preconceived notion of Harry Potter, it's like Bernie Bots and the dragons and fun shit. But what happened at the end of this past book that we just read and went through and moving forward and seeing how he's still grappling with a lot of that trauma, but trauma is going to be a theme. I mean, it is. For sure. People believing Harry and how we're in this world where believing the victim it's so important. This is a child who's been through some real bad shit. He can't go to adults for help. Believing is very, very key. I remember getting Order of the Phoenix the day it came out. Me too. It was, it was mailed to me. However, I had to go to my sister's friend's high school graduation party that day. Mm -hmm. So I was not able to read it. I literally carried that book around with me all day. Oh, this is the first book I bought and owned. I owned book five first, and then I went back and mm. I purchased the entire series because that was important to me after reading it. But book five was the first one I owned. There are going to be a lot of great themes. Another one similar to what you had said, fake news, mm -hmm. I think is mm. going to be a theme. So yeah, there's a lot of really great things that we're going to be unpacking in this book. It is maybe my least favorite. But... I would agree with that. That is because mostly Umbridge is in this book. I, I become my favorite. I have a least favorite in this series because it definitely isn't this book. Oh, this, this one's my this favorite. one is my least favorite. But this I don't have one. I don't think. Also, the return of Lupin. The return of I'm Lupin. I'm so excited to see that, Lupin again. That's another really good thing He's too. He's one of my favorites, yeah. as you know. As we read, of course, we're gonna impact more and more. Like, ah, this is another new thing. More joy out of this book. Like previously, Chamber of Secrets was another one that I was like, oh, I'm not really looking forward to this book but then i really enjoyed it the second time around i'm stoked i'm also so, just really stoked for fred and george's yeah. character arc oh that's another good thing absolutely yeah there's a lot of good things about this so book. much good is happening in this it's book. overshadowed like, by a lot of Banff, pink dumbledore oh that's true too yes just because they're saying that it is their least favorite which is fair does not mean that they don't think it's a good book they're right just, they're absolutely. choosing a least favorite in the series which is literally braver than what I'll do. I refuse to choose a favorite and the least favorite. So ah, we're Thank braver than the Gryffindor. Mm, yes, clink. I mean, in this regard, I will still take all the curses for both of you. What? Like true Gryffindor. I'm loyal. Take all the curses. Yeah, if someone tried to curse you, I would take it for you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. 
Probably for him sooner because he's nicer than you, but still. I accept it. Well, before we sign <laughs> off, speaking of everything that we're looking forward to to the next book, we have some changes coming to the next season as well. Tara and I have been doing a lot of discussing about how to step things up. We've been doing this for two years. We're four seasons in. It's fun. It's still a passion project. We love it. Basic Snitches is a major part of my life. I'm very happy to be a podcaster. Absolutely. Tara's more of a podcaster than me because she got another one. I know. I'm just very popular and loved. So we are making some pretty major-ish changes to season five. Not necessarily in our content. For the last four seasons, you have heard us say over and over and over, sponsor us! Thank you for Girl, doing you gotta it drive me home. I know, I gotta have another snack before I drive home. You better. Or Brian's gonna be having to sleep on this couch just... with you. We now have a Patreon. We actually you're... did it. What do you, what do you said need you're... to say? I thought you were going to say you're welcome. Um, (laughs) Also, you're welcome. Yeah, I like it. If you go to patreon.com slash basic snitches, right now we have just one level at $3 a month. And what that will get you is starting with season five, we're going to be recognizing all of our patrons in every single episode. We also will be creating some fresh, exclusive content. We have some ideas of what that means right now. We want to leave that open-ended because, again, we have other things that we do. But that is something that we're looking forward to. In the future, as you go to our Patreon, you may see that like once we reach 10 patrons, we will explore expanding that to different tiers. So $1 tier, $5 tier, so on and so forth. We're exploring the idea of merch. Another exciting on the other side of that is that we are building an actual website. So very soon, basicsniches.com will be available. It's not right now. Um, I mean, maybe it is now. Maybe we looked at it and by the time it's published, we'll see. We'll see. Patreon's definitely live. Website might be. So we will have an actual website. When we say sponsor us, we're serious now. (laughs) We do want to try to make this a, a bigger and better thing and produce your better quality content and continue this going for a long time. You know, Tara has to pay for the hosting fees for this. I'm going to be paying for things for the site out of our own pockets. We bought our own equipment. This is a lot of our time. So we're doing this for real so that we can continue to provide you guys really, really strong content. Keep this going for the future. Speaking of that, another thing that we really want to do next season is have a lot more special episodes. You've been used to Cutting Room Floor. You've been used to our holiday episodes, special things like 100th episode. We don't quite know what the cadence will be yet, but we're exploring the idea of every five, six, ten, uh, we don't know yet, episodes doing a special episode where we do examine the world of Harry Potter through a specific theme. Some of those themes may be OSHA. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Did I say that right this time? Yes, because we have this whole thing about how Hogwarts is an OSHA nightmare, which it is. Similarly, a curriculum nightmare. Through the lens of the tarot, through the lens of mental illness, through the lens of astrology, through the lens of the seven deadly sins, we've had so many interesting ideas of how to look at this series. Likewise, all the special episodes and even some of our regular episodes, we're going to continue to have some of these special guests. Brian, of course, will come back. We hope to have back Ashley, Roxana, some new folks too. A lot of exciting stuff to come. Anyways, we're trying to like give you guys more ways to explore 
Harry Potter universe through the basic snitches lens. We're very excited to see what season five has in store. Um, despite that, we're still going to be our own basic selves. Basic, drunk, whatever. The, now I feel pressure. No, don't. All of those I think the wine is talking a little bit. Some of those are probably just a few of the examples and some of them we might not even use. So yeah, we're excited for season five. We're excited to see you join us. Anything else left to say as we close this one out? I just want to say that I think I say this after every book, but it was really just cool to look at it chapter by chapter. This one had so many extra characters and extra things in the movie. The movie is more accessible, you know? Movies are always more accessible than the books. I can watch the movie in three hours. I have to spend time to read the book. And as good as the books are, they're really fucking long. Reconnecting with the book is a process, and I forget how in-depth they are. And this one in particular does not get nearly enough. Does not get any credit. It doesn't. It's awesome to rediscover it, I think. I think we did a nice job with that, obviously. Yeah, I think so too. It was nice to read this one, one chapter because the movies do skew our view on them. And this one in particular, there's so much missing from the movie. Yeah. So yeah, we look forward to continuing to explore them chapter by chapter. I really thought you were about to give the movie a free pass because nah, nah, son. Are you fucking kidding me? This you movie, know. This movie is a piece of shit. Brian? Okay, hold on. Which do you prefer? The Goblet of Fire movie overall mm-hmm. or the ending of the Chamber of Secrets movie? That well, is very unfair. That is very, very unfair. I mean, I'm going to have to... dare! I mean, I'm going to have to go with the entire movie of Goblet of Fire because there's at least some realism to that one. Because we at least get the graveyard scene and amazing actors. I mean, if you would be caught up and have listened to everything from this point, I think you'd probably know how he felt about this movie a little bit more in comparison to that. But you haven't. He just finished listening to the end of that fucking season, so he knows how we feel about the Hagrid standing ovation that is bullshit. Exactly. Luckily, you have about a month-ish. We're taking a month off. Tara and I from recording and everything, we're going to start re-recording in time to give you the first chapter of uh, Order of the Phoenix on September 1st. We're going back to Hogwarts on September 1st. We need that break. We do other things, deal with it, do something else, re-listen to our episodes, take up a nice hobby, learn the guitar or how to crochet or Russian. I don't know. Do whatever the fuck you want. Sleep the entire time. That's fun too. Call, I'm sleeping. Call us up. Get wasted. We'll do that with you too. I made that sound like we'll sleep with you. I won't personally. I also one of these not. might. I... But I like snuggles. Next week you do have a bonus episode. It's cutting room floor. Some more Yay. outtakes. So Sorry. in the meantime, enjoy our funny shit next. Week. Subscribe to our Patreon. You do. You'll be mentioned in the first episode of season five. It'll be awesome. Check every day to see if the domain basicstitches.com is live. And if somebody buys it before I get a chance to, Lord help me, I am going to find you and I'm going to butterfly you like a pork chop. That was Basic Snitches. We'll see you in season five. Ding dong. Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Edited by me, Adam Bowers. And published by me, Tara Corkery, and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please review and rate us five stars on your app of choice. And be sure to share us to all of your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk.
Oh, don't forget to follow us on social media. Sometimes I update that. Basic Snitches on Instagram. Also, we have a Facebook page. And email us anything you want to or specifically answers to our questions on our segments. Basicsnitches at gmail.com. But don't send us dick pics, please. That's nasty. But do send us liquor. Thanks. Yeah. Alohomora! Oh, now people can get into your house. They're on their toes. But they don't matter because now you're a water goblin. Bye. Bye.